welcome back to another episode of the EXP podcast. I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Ken and Luan. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hey wow, that was loud. Luan. Hi. <laughs> wow. New and, new and louder Luan. Uh, this week, <laughs> we're going to be discussing the topic of first games industry jobs. And joining us to discuss this are Kenji and Ray. So if I can get Kenji to start off by introducing himself. Hi, uh, hello there, everyone. So my name is Kenji Shimomura. I'm an environment artist working in Oxford at Rebellion. I'm uh, a Spanish guy that just came uh, over from Canada after finishing my studies in Think Tank uh, Training Center. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Ray to continue. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ray Vanderhagen. Um, I'm a junior environment artist currently working at Endreams. Um, to steal a bit from Kenji, I am from South Africa, uh, hence the accent, and I don't know how I made it to England. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> On a boat. You just, just arrived. <laughs> yeah. Showed Hopefully you didn't day. swim. It's quite a long way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be impressed if he did swim. Yeah, It's a good feat. So, uh, as both of you have joined... Um, game studios reasonably um, recently just want to start us off by talking about the transition into kind of the the roles that you are now doing um, kind of moving on from working on your portfolio and how that kind of went into getting the after you kind of landed the job and started up how was that so let's let's talk about your first day to start off with then so Kenji how was your first day at Rebellion well, uh, after smashing my head against the computer doing a portfolio during like many months, uh, I was really scared. Uh, I thought that they will be you know, like demanding from me a lot of things, and the reality, I it was that I was scared because of nothing. Uh, people, they are you know like expecting you to just arrive, you know like feel you know comfortable with the team, with the tools. And yeah, in general, it was smoother than I thought. That's good. Um, so what what were you worried that they would think or ask of you? Uh, I think it could be I don't know, like the the timing or the amount of of work that they 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 will be putting on me. And it wasn't nothing like that. It was like really not overwhelming at all. It was just like a small bit here and there and just trying to find which are my stronger points. Uh, they as well, they offer me like several choices to pick uh, to pick up and start, you know, running. And yeah, and everything I needed, like from software or even, you know, like some like knowledge about something that they, they they were you know like doing at at that very moment it, it was given or provided to me and yeah i think the hardest part maybe it was the the engine uh, that they are uh, using in in rebellion which differs a lot with anything that normally a student knows that is unreal engine but yes uh, at the end of the day it was something that is like really like a pretty similar workflow and the timings were practically nothing to be scared about of and every single asset has its own timing for for get it done and if you are just doing 
all your tasks steady and asking when you you have a problem in, instead of you know like trying to struggling against against a, an issue yourself just asking around is, is the best solution and you're gonna end up you know like getting much more knowledge from other people around you than just trying to find information wherever and probably you won't find it so it was really good because i, I just entered there like full steam ahead and highly motivated and at the end of the day that's what matters for you know like being a sponge yeah how long did it take you to sort of relax within the team sort of just uh feel like not so much as part of the team but feel like not out of your element yeah probably took me a couple of weeks and the first week you are like a little bit feeling out of place you don't know the people you don't know with who you should be spending more time or if if you have any problem, you don't know uh, who you should be following besides your lead, but you cannot be, you know, like a, a relying on someone, on just a unique person. You, you have to check who is in charge of what and then start, you know, like uh, asking the proper questions to the proper people, right? And... Yeah, after two three weeks, uh, I decided to to you know like be another gear in in the whole machinery. So it, I think it's less than a month, probably for anyone. Or yeah, yeah. it's pretty normal, it's, especially if you move country because you've got the whole new culture to get accustomed with, and just like you know, you you've uprooted your entire life from another country. That's always a big step. Um, yeah, probably the hardest thing? part. Cam, probably the hardest part was uh, like finding a proper supermarket nearby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, you got Tesco's, Asda's, Sainsbury's, Morris. Like the list goes on. I mean, to, to those who are not from the uh, from the UK, those are our basic supermarkets. Unless you have no money, like it's pretty hard to you know. But they're always there. They're just every every corner you go to, there's a supermarket. So <laughs> maybe you went down the wrong road. I don't know. Um, was it like that for you, Ray? Were you struggling to find supermarkets when you first arrived? Um, in the UK? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> just like I don't know, you can order food online these days, so oh, it yeah, kind of exactly. makes things yeah, very easy. Easy. Get delivered. And what about your first week at End Dreams? And how was that? Um, different. I, I mean, I started um, once we had gone into lockdown. Um, so the the whole uh, initial phase was was really really weird um they kind of sent me a computer which i don't know why i didn't expect that to happen they told me they would send me a computer but it was still i don't know a bit of a surprise to just have a tower <laughs> arrive at my front door um, pretty epic yeah yeah it's a really it's a really cool time and obviously the first thing i did was open it up and, and look inside um, but yeah i mean you you go through all the initial you know you do like the the hr stuff that needs to happen and the, you know paperwork and all that um i was quite surprised that like on my first day they were like yeah grab the build uh play the game and if you have any questions ask away and just there's there's your day you know just play the game um like have have thoughts if you want to like poke around an engine go for it um and the the rest of the the week was really my lead just kind of walking me through uh you know where they were what needed to be done and just asking me if I was comfortable doing certain tasks. Um, the whole thing was was really comfortable, though. Um, uh, Endreams works uh, in Unreal Engine 4, uh, which I'd been working in my free time anyway on my portfolio. So that was a really smooth transition. Um, you know, same with modeling applications. It was all stuff I was already using. Um, 
so the transition itself was was incredibly smooth. I think I integrated quite quickly, but I was also very lucky in that sense. That sounds like uh, even though it was a bit trickier being remote than in-house, it's, it went pretty well. It's, I mean, it's a little chaotic. It's always going to be when you can't, you know, there's, there's still a ton of people I have never met face to face and I work with them every day. I talk to them every single day. You know, we have, we have <laughs> webcams and things like that. And we do, we do standups every morning, but like, I've never seen these people face to face kind of thing apart from over a webcam, which is a really bizarre feeling. Um, you know, I kind of have this internal joke of like, I wonder how long um, I can I can stay without meeting a single person. Maybe a year. What's yeah. it like starting? Because obviously Kenji flew out, and then you know he he started a job in in house, and then the lockdown started. But what's it like starting your first job or just from your house? Like there must be a really odd experience to what you were expecting. It's it's super weird. Um, the first week I would say felt like I was doing an art test almost. Um. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just I would go sit at my computer and like turn on one light, throw on some music, and just like operate, you know, just kind of go go crazy with it, just get things done. Um, which is definitely, I think, not the best attitude to have. You need to kind of put yourself in work mode uh, rather than that that kind of push forward mode. Uh, it, it's it took me a long time to understand like it's okay to go up and like just make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, you know. Um, yeah. And you, need to, you need to get up and stretch your legs. And HR was was super super helpful with that. Just saying like you know just like take a break, go for a walk or something. It's fine. Um, in an office environment, if I needed water or something, I, it would be a bit of a trek. You know, I'd have to walk over to like a water cooler, maybe grab a glass, go all the way back to my desk. Whereas in my house, I mean, I could I could get a glass of water in I don't know ten seconds. Um, how so far you, away is the kitchen in the office? Wow. Oh, man. It's got to be close. <laughs> I, keep I think everyone close. here is like, what the hell? Is he making the water? <laughs> See, I keep a, I keep a, like one liter uh, thermos just full of what, cold water next to me like almost a day. Yeah, I Pro do tip right well. here, by the way. Yeah, That's fine. Free advice. Free advice. I forget to drink, so I have a I have a one liter bottle um, that I forget to drink from. So I won't drink anything for like two hours, and yeah. then I will chug the entire thing in one hey, go. Man, if you if you check the gen chat, you know now I've started this new thing. I think every two hours I'll just scream coffee time in gen chat, and everyone knows. <laughs> oh, it's time for a drink. So yeah. there's your there's your hourly reminder if you need it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm think... curious, actually. Um, mm -hmm. How have you found the sort of onboarding and team integration process uh, whilst in lockdown? Have you felt kind of kind of like I asked Kenji, like have you felt part of the team, or um, do you kind of feel slightly odd yet? Or it was it was kind of like joining a new Discord server. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very similar relation, right? Like you hop in, everyone's like, oh hey, welcome, and then. Um, you know, you kind of chat with a couple of people and others others not so much, which I guess is, is how it would work in an office as well. Um, but yeah, it, it very much felt like joining a new Discord server and just slowly integrating, starting to understand like inside jokes and things. Um, there is definitely a sense of culture. Um, and I think the the number one thing that's helped for integration is is like daily standups. We, we have a meeting every single morning. Um, it's only like, you know, 20 minutes or so, but that that kind of 20 minutes is, is a really important part of my day because you always, you get a little chat with people, you have a quick laugh um, and you, you get a real sense of kind of community, um, 
one of the things I do love about it is if I need something from someone else or someone needs something from me, uh, they can just call me on Slack and I don't have to stop doing what I'm doing. I don't have to walk anywhere. <laughs> and like being able to share screens and stuff like that, I think makes it a lot easier than well and easier than walking between desks and things like that. Um, Culture-wise, you definitely get a lot of it. I mean, people are always, always, you know, chatting about something or the other. Um, the first couple of weeks was uh, when Animal Crossing uh, had recently come out, so often to those channels as well, and people were sharing their, um, like their their friend codes and stuff to go to go sell things on their island and stuff like that. So yeah, the the sense of community is is definitely very, very strong. Um, but it definitely depends on the team. I think uh, under under a different company, maybe under a different team, I don't think it might have been that strong. Um, but again, it's a, it, like I said, it's a similar experience to something like a Discord server. It depends on the people there. And I think I got very lucky with the people there. Yeah, the Animal Crossing black market always brings people together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog stuff, right? <laughs> so um, I'm coming to the next point then. In that transition, so you kind of uh, join the studio, you meet up, you're you're chatting with people, you're getting used to the kind of culture of the place. But what are the kind of biggest things that you learn, either technically or socially or whatever, um, from starting the job um, compared to kind of when you were going on your own and trying to build your portfolio or maybe um, kind of networking online? But yeah, what what are the kind of big things that you have uh, picked up? Uh, you want me to answer that or Kenji yeah. first? Whoever Both. Both. Yeah, you can go on if you want. Yeah, fight it uh, out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 <Give me> knife. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go for it. And if Kenji's sad, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I think the... I think I've learned two huge, huge, huge things just being in a, in a studio environment. Um, one is, is efficiency. I mean, like with, with personal work, you don't need to be super efficient it's nice it saves you time but um i've learned like a, a whole nother level of just being efficient you know not necessarily working uh faster or with more speed but just in a more intelligent way <laughs> um and it's just you i think it's the just, shortcuts right yeah sure like it's just something you pick up i think once you are because you transition from from uh like modeling and, and working on on 3d art uh, a couple of hours a day you know, to doing it literally all day long, you know, come in and start at whatever time you start, um, work for like eight hours or something doing 3D and then uh, you finish work and then you do personal work kind of thing. And it, it like quadruples the amount of time you spend on art in a given day. Um, but one of the things it taught me was just, just how to work more efficiently, how to save myself a lot of time, um, how to reuse things a lot, easy, a lot easier. Um, I think the... I think the other aspect of that, like the, the, the sort of social aspect, um, is like people in this industry are incredibly knowledgeable about a, an incredible number of things. You know, uh, if someone has made a, a door, you know, they will have had to gather reference on the door and they probably have a weird amount of knowledge about doors now. <laughs> and just being able to experience that, I think, is, is really, really cool. There's just a ton to learn from everyone. It sounds like a, a, a really well kind of supported environment and what you're saying about the uh, learning to reuse stuff better um i think is really key it's it's with games being kind of a product and having limited time there definitely is a kind of sense of um how can we get the most out of the least 
kind of time or or manpower man yeah, hours that, that we kind I of think, have. Uh, I think a really big part of that is the, the the first thing I worked on when I went there was um, Phantom, uh, Covert Ops, uh, available in a store near you, um, <laughs> which which we, we had a, a version on the on the Oculus Quest, um, which is basically, it's like a super-powered mobile phone, basically, is, is what the hardware is, right? And that was, uh, <laughs> that was a challenge. <laughs> Getting things to run on that was a challenge. And that was the reason I was originally hired, um, was to help with uh, the kind of optimization side of things. Um, but I learned a ton from that, and I think, I think just having to to get things to look as good as possible and run as well as possible on on something with that little power, especially in virtual reality, where you need high frame rates, was uh, it was a trial by fire. But I I learned a ton doing that. I picked it up actually. It better look good. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> well, the pressure's on. <laughs> How about Kenji then? Uh well, I mean, for me the. The biggest transition from uh, learning to to being in a studio probably is like the feel that you are not alone anymore, that you belong to somewhere, and what you are doing serves to a purpose as well, right? You, you are doing a product, you are doing a game. So it is like every single thing I'm doing is going to be displayed on a screen, and a lot of people, they're they going to be playing around your environment or uh, among the, the, the assets you, you've, you've been creating. So that's that's a feeling. And yeah, I feel like really proud of everything I'm doing. And as well, I don't know, like working in every single, you know, like new Jira task, you have to do something else. It's like, okay, th this is going to be awesome. And probably your your task is connected to other people's work among uh, the I'm on the team. So you have to be a little bit critical uh, at the beginning because you have to analyze what, what you have to to do. You have to, to know the tools and the, what, what the tool is doing and who, who created this tool and which purpose has the, the tool. So you are learning a lot of the insights across other, you know, like uh, departments, probably like the technical artists. For example, I'm learning like quite a lot and, and it's something that I'm really keen on. I'm, I'm always, you know, like really down for learning more for of technical art because it's, it's everything that is running like behind the, the curtains, right? It's like something that make things possible because not only an artist creating assets can, you know, like cover as much distance or uh, spaces as a technical artist. And you just make it look prettier. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Has your, um, now that you both have experienced like the first job, the studio and learning all of these tips and tricks, like Ray said, he's just more efficient. Like has your view on personal work changed? Like if you were to start another personal project, Ray, for example, would you tackle it completely differently? Are there things where you're like, I don't need to waste that much time on, on yeah, task A I, because like yeah. no one's, it's just pointless. And I feel like you only learn that once you've got into the industry. I, I had been working on something for, on a personal piece for like three months um, before I started. And um, I didn't, I didn't touch it for like the, the first probably two months I was there, it, you know, I was just kind of immersing myself. Um, and when I went back to it, I just, I had, I just laughed at everything I had done. You know, like the, the quality wasn't good enough. I think your quality bar like takes a massive leap when you join a studio, but like the quality just wasn't there and nothing made sense. And I, I just, 
I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I deleted all of it. Um, and I, I started from scratch and I am already further than I was after three months. And it's only been going on for like, what, maybe, maybe four weeks. <laughs> that never stops, man. Trust me. Like the, by the time you do your third job, you just keep leveling up. So keep hiding that old work. <laughs> and so what did you remove from your pipeline or your workflow system? It's just like, I think, I think before you, you, get into the the industry at least for me there's this this weird misconception of like how obvious uh reuse is and how obvious repeating patterns are and things like that um if i'm working on a personal scene and i'm like okay cool there's like some trees on a pathway um in my brain i'm like okay so i need at least like six unique trees right um but that's an insane number. If it's a single camera shot, like that's a ridiculous number. Um, and it's just one of those things because in a studio you can't you can't do something like that. You don't have the time, you know. And if you start, someone is gonna gonna call it out and be like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" You know, um, one tree you can use at least four sides of it. It probably looks different, <laughs> you know. I think I think that was the biggest one for me is I kept making uh, in my personal work. I would have these ridiculously huge modular kits, you know, and just a ridiculous number of pieces. Um, and I think that for me is the the number one thing I learned was just just how to reuse stuff and and hide it a lot better. And what about, for example, materials? Because I found myself doing like less materials every day. I, I touch every single day less substance designer. Like I, I just open it for doing like really specific things that I I might not have or I want to be done like in a certain way. But if they are out there. I find myself, you know, like just grabbing the stuff from here and there and just doing a, a new whole composition or just investing my time in, in other stuff. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of that as well. Um, just just kind of taking stuff from like existing assets and textures and reusing those, I think is yeah. a big deal as well. You Again, I had a tendency to make a lot of unique textures for things as well. But I mean, if you've already got, I don't know, a wooden fence and you need to make like a wooden boardwalk or something, I mean, dude, the texture's already there. You know, if the assets are already there, just jiggle them around. Just change the color, the, yeah. the rotation. Like, yeah, you like can get away with so much just reusing stuff. And I think, yeah, it's only, just being exposed to those workflows. Yeah, the only person that notices that reuse is you. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Without <laughs> a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I even with trees and stuff, like, there's there's so many cool tricks you can do. Like, just have the trunk on its own and the branches separate. And then, yeah. like, now you can make as many trees as you want. Like, there's there's so many workflows you can do with different assets. So, And then you can do a different approach on your personal projects. And this is a question maybe for everyone here. Like, have you found yourselves when you just joined into a company trying to, you know, like, make prevail your your point of view uh, about something that because you are thinking that is correct and i mean this is not just you know like fighting with other people from the team but just trying to make them understand that they, they this new way or new you know like cutting edge technology could solve uh, could solve better uh, a problem that is currently well, no, yeah, with stuff like that it's a big question of money right uh, you you yeah. can't just come in and be like, "Hey, uh, the software does things this. way better." It's like, okay, well, let's you know, there's a whole investigation you got to do about 
how that software actually integrates into your pipeline, if it even works, if it even gives you the results that you want, uh, and how much money the licenses cost, like training people with this new software. It's a big question of money. So sometimes you may get into studio and you feel like the uh, pipeline's a little bit more outdated, but it's more because it's, you know, it works, uh, it does the job, it does the job fast enough, and training people in new software and getting licenses is a bit too much money. So mm. it's not something yeah, you can just come in and be like, hey, let's change our workflow, right? Yeah, I agree with Luan. <laughs> everyone loves Unreal Engine 4 right now. Like, everyone loves it, all the students are using it. And when you join a studio, they already have their own tools, like they've got their own toolkit and things like that that just doesn't generally have all of the stuff that Unreal has, or they have stuff that you know, it's better and people kind of think, well, we should do it this way. But that simple request has so many big changes for the pipeline. And like Luan said, there's money involved as well. And a lot of decisions have to, to be made. So it's not just, you might have the best ideas on the planet, but you need to make sure it fits the system that the company's built. And I imagine it's the same at End Dreams and Rebellion. Um, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I think it's also, it it's also a question of <laughs> I think it's also a question of of like support maybe. Um something like Marvelous Designer is, is great, obviously it's simulating cloth. So if I need to drape a I don't know, a cloth over a box, I'm trying to think of generic examples, but if I need to drop a cloth on a box, in my head I'm like, okay, cool, let me open up Marvelous uh, and just do a quick sim, you know? But I don't have a marvelous um license. Uh, at work because why would i i'm not i'm not doing like character art or anything like that so you can't justify the cost for like a single artist to have a tool like that when i don't use it to its fullest extent and then on top of that it's like if something goes wrong you know how many other people know the tool well enough to to help you with that or, or do you need external support or it just adds so many questions um workflow wise i kind of get where you're coming from kenji i think uh I think I think workflow wise, it's it's very easy to to look in from the outside and be like, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. Um, and for me, I think that's that's one of the biggest mistakes I made is doing that. And I needed to one of the one of the things I learned very quickly is to to like just sit back and try and understand why something is done a certain way first. Um, and that's definitely somewhere where I stumbled. And I think if I can give advice to anyone starting their first job, it's like, if you think something is crazy, just just ask why it's that way. And you'll probably get an answer that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. So for example, I found myself, you know, like trying to um, stop thinking like Unreal Engine for headed, you know, like, it's like, I'm not using Unreal for anymore. No, no, not here. So you have to translate all the all those knowledge that you, you already have from an, a, a previous engine to the new one, and you have to check which limits you have. So you, you can just you can only uh, find other way arounds for getting something similar. Is where I found myself like many times and trying to you know like ask which limits uh, we we have with the engine or. We, which things we can do before, or you know, or just try, trying to get a, a new workflow or new, or new or new tech into into, for example, the the, the engine, and it, that's that's something that is is really is really fun to do. There's always you know this the eternal discussion with many people, right? Just just trying to get things better. Obviously, like Luan uh, told before, like there's things that know to go so on that is just you know like mm, investing in a new whole software that you are you're gonna be the only one that is using it so it, it is pointless 
Yeah, I think yeah. The, the something I found is when I remember when I was first learning how to use designer, uh, substance designer, um, I, I, like when I was looking into the software, um, you know, I, I found there were studios that like, like substance, a, a team of dudes from substance would go into a studio and like help train their staff, you know, and they were, they were training these massive studios as late as like, I don't know, 2018 and things like that. Like they were only just integrating those pipelines or moving over to those workflows. Like it's very easy for you at home to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to grab a trial of the software. I'm going to learn. I'm going to follow some YouTube tutorials, but you can't have a studio of like, you, you know, even if you were a tiny, tiny studio of like 20 people or something, you cannot possibly just give away an entire week worth of work for people to use a tool um, that only, I guess, really happens between projects maybe. Um, but like, I, I imagine that that must cost a ton of money to train people on new tools. It takes time out of the development because yeah. yeah, when we were in Paris, like we spent a month learning Houdini. So, you know, production, you ramp down, but you have to time it well enough and then, your team learns some new skills, but like you said, it, you have to convince the studio why it's worth investing that time. And I think that's where it just comes down to like, you might have these great ideas, but you have to, you have to sell them because not everyone understands what the, the tool is at the end of the day. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a little bit like MacGyver that you are, you're given a, I don't know, like a, a chew gum and a clip and you can, you can only <laughs> make it happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love the analogy. <laughs> Gotta work those miracles. <laughs> Make it work. Hey, you know, like, know we want this. We want this. You, you have to get it done. I don't know how, but. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, now that you're sort of, you've been in the industry for for a little bit, and you guys have had had chance to sit down and settle in. Uh, how have you found coming back home and? getting any motivation to work on your personal art uh if any you get it all do you i was just about to ask that. <laughs> yeah it's, it's something that i think a lot of people would be interested in as they join the industry and you know they all get tired of doing artwork and they come home and play games kind of stuff that kind of stuff so kenji you want to go first or okay yeah I, I will answer uh <laughs> yeah for example for me at the beginning, it was like, okay, yeah, finally I got a job, and now I have like tons of free time for doing whatever I want, and it is mainly playing video games because I mean you have fun, and it only lasts like uh, I don't know two weeks, not not even <laughs> before I was already opening some project that that I already started and I start con uh, you know like uh, continuing creating more more stuff for for it. And um, yeah, it's like you have to keep yourself busy sometimes for you know like not losing the the motivation or or inspiration even. And um, I I wish I could you know like disconnect, but sometimes it's not that easy because you you, you just want to get better and better you know like the over the time and playing video games. Yes, you, you can find a little bit of peace doing that, but uh, I I feel like that I need to be a little bit stressed even in my free time, you know, like just learning here and there, you know, like even opening X points, uh, like digital magazine for me is it's like a, a source of inspiration. And I learn a lot of things like, okay, people is now doing this and they are not doing that. Another thing that they, you used to do. 
So it, 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 it's always a, a fresh race for keeping you up. I think, um, I think for me, it's like, that's, I think for me, that's a very loaded question, right? Like it, it definitely depends. Um, before, before I got an in industry, I was, I was like, I was desperate to make games, right? Like ever, ever since I was a, ever since I was tiny, I just, I really wanted to make video games. I didn't always know what that meant, obviously, but you know, yeah. it's something I really wanted to do. So before, before I got in, I must've spent the last, um, it took me a couple of years until I got got good enough to to land a job. But I think the last year I really pushed myself, maybe a little bit too far in some cases. Like I would I would do a full work day. I would come home. I would sit straight at my desk. I would do personal work for like two hours. Uh, you know, um, my my partner, bless her heart, would make me dinner or something. Put it on my desk. I would eat while working, and I would work like all through the night until I don't know, like midnight or something. Go to bed, and I would repeat that every single day. I did that constantly. Um, which uh, don't do that it's very unhealthy um, definitely don't do that I don't recommend it but I, I always had this thing in the back of my head of like I'm not I'm not allowed to play video games I cannot let myself relax at the moment so the second I got a job um, I kind of um, like I, I just sort of shut off right I, I got a job and I was like I, I sort of made it in my head. Um, so I don't think I logged onto Discord for like two months straight. Um, and I finally found the time to play video games and things like that. Um, and then the the kind of need to make something something of my own sort of came back to me. And I think it's important to let that happen naturally. I remember talking to uh, like like Jay Cummings about this. I think he said it's it was like six or seven months he didn't touch personal work for. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of anecdotes from different people who they got their first job and they didn't make personal art for like two years and, and things like that. So it's important not to feel pressured into doing personal art, um, but it is very nice now to be able to kind of relax. You know, I can I can let myself just spend an evening playing games. And one of the most important things I did is I sort of, um, I'm, I'm really into like lists and, and planning things. So I set my week out. So uh, sort of Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do personal work. That's that's my evening. That's what I do. And then uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I play video games. Those are my free days. I just I do whatever. And that for me works really really well because I can. If it's not a, a portfolio day I, in my head, I can kind of get excited for what I'm doing the next day. You know, you sort of build it up. And then when it's not a, a game day, you kind of get excited to play video games. Um, so it kind of keeps everything very very balanced. And and it's uh, I I learned the hard way to kind of let yourself take breaks. You know. So. I, I want to ask you, uh, what about working from home? Because, uh, for example, when I've been, you know, like confined at home, I, I, I just couldn't, uh, you know, like keep working after the working hours at home because I'm, I'm still trying to do something in the, in the very same spot. I've been working, do you know, the, the, the previous eight hours or nine hours is like, I, I, I just can't. It's like, I don't want to do any personal trait or whatever. And I was feeling like really unproductive and I was just, you know, like watching our TV shows or just playing video games. And I was like really highly demotivated, you know, for doing my, my personal stuff. But as soon as I came back to the studio, like recently, was like just coming back from, from work and it's like, yes, today is like a portfolio day. And I, I, I was just, you know, like sitting for another five hours, just continue working on my own stuff and highly motivated i i wasn't compelled i wasn't feeling compelled to 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 finish it but in, in certain way uh, i was just you know like enjoying it as well 
So I think there's um, it. A lot of people. I remember getting an email from HR in my first like week or two, which recommended that I walk uh, around the block at the start of the day and do the same at the end of the day. So the idea is that um, you know you take your keys with you, you leave the house, you walk maybe five minutes, and then you go back to your computer and you start working. And when you finish working, you know like shut down the work computer, turn on yours, and then. Uh, take your keys with you and walk around the block again another five minutes and come back because that helps your brain separate kind of work time from home time and you get the you know you get the travel in and stuff like that. Um, I'm very lazy, so that didn't work for me. I don't like <laughs> I don't like walking. I do that. I think it's the, the help and advice because uh, I mean for me at the beginning of the whole pandemic, I was like really really freaking scared about you know like going even to grocery shopping it's like oh no no I, i'd rather just wait and just yeah. you know like eating noodles <laughs> it depends it depends very much on the person i'm i'm quite um i'm quite introverted in uh in a, like a social sense like i'm more than happy talking to people about about anything but being around people makes me quite tired so um i'm not one to leave the house constantly anyway So it didn't have as big an effect on me as it would on a lot of other people, I feel. Um, but I think it's just finding some form of separation. Like for me, it's little things. I have a little USB hub that like my mouse and my keyboard and that goes into. And every night when I finish work, it's like a ritual for me. I crawl under my desk, I unplug the hub from my work machine, and I plug it into my personal machine. Um, and for my brain just kind of understands like, cool, work mode is off, like you're done. Um, don't don't put like Slack or, or Teams or anything like that or, or like Jira. Don't put any of that on your phone. Don't put any of that on your personal machine. Just find some form of separation if it's like running around your house for 10 minutes and then doing it uh, or, or something like that. Again, for me, the thing that worked was separating my week because it, it kept me excited for what I was doing next. Um, and, and limiting yourself is very important. Like I'm sure you've I'm sure you've had times where you've had a bunch of holiday or, or a long weekend or something in school where you have no work to do, and it's like oh hell yeah I get a, I get to play video games for like a week straight, and you know like two days in you're just staring at your Steam library like clicking on nothing <laughs> trying to find something <laughs> like, to play. You're looking like I've got nothing to play. Yeah, and yeah, that happens I'll, with, I'll that happens with <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> happens with personal work as well, right? You end up just kind of clicking around, wasting your own time. Um, so separating it made a big deal for me because I can I can get excited if I'm sort of quote unquote not allowed to play games on on like a, a Wednesday or something. It gets me excited to do that, and I think that's yeah. really really valuable. Yeah, I think the 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 best periods for for gaming for me was when I had like a, exams during the university. It's like you cannot you cannot play this week because you have exams to 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 do. It's like oh no, I have to to play. I have to play twelve hours straight every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 I don't know. It's it's tricky to find that correct kind of work life separation. Um, it's, I do a lot of little things. Um, I have one of those stupid light up keyboards and the, I change the profile. I have one profile on the keyboard for work and one for home. And it's just a bunch of little things like that that help me transition. Does that uh, actually help? It helps me. Um, like I open the windows and turn on the, the light in my, in my lounge. That's where my computer is. Um, mm -hmm. I turn the light on when I'm working and when I'm done working, like the light goes dim. It, it gets all relaxed and calm sort of thing. Just as many little things as possible to separate it. And don't wear don't wear pajamas if you're working from home. You know that <laughs> that one. I actually I want to give that advice too because I find I find myself way more productive if I'm actually dressed properly and yeah. I had a shower and like it's almost like I've done my routine to go to work. Yeah, uh, totally. 
Yeah, if if I'm wearing like sweatpants or whatever, I just sit there like moving a vert left and forward. Yeah, <laughs> I tried having a casual Friday like that. I was I'm just gonna wear my pajamas, and I got I I just didn't get enough done. <laughs> I just haven't done it since. I find even on weekends, if you want to get up and do stuff, just like get up, take a shower, you know, do your usual routine. The days will last longer. It's like the, so the starting you... point of the day. <laughs> so I want to ask Ray, um, what do you think it would will be like when you go back to the studio finally? Like, do you have a do you have another preconceived idea of the first day at the office? Because obviously you you have a the, fir- the the idea of the first day at work, but you still haven't been to the studio. I think it's going to be first day part two. Um, it's going to be a lot of like meeting people again. I feel like everyone's going to be like, "Oh, you're shorter than I thought." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll kind of be like that part too, just meeting people in person because people like, I don't know, like stance is a big thing, right? The way someone stands, if their back is straight, if they slouch, it's little things like that you can't quite pick up on. Um, but if you hang out with someone even for a day, you kind of understand the person more just from the way they they walk or they they talk or they move their body. Um, and I think that will be really weird just to kind of get used to. And I think one of the things I know that I'm going to struggle with focus because um, it will just be this crazy new environment. It's just very different. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've am I'm i gotten very used to sitting down at my computer, opening Spotify and playing music and then working. And I can just bash that out. And then the second I get on like a call or something or there's a meeting, I can't do both at the same time because it's just very distracting to me. And that's definitely something I'll need to get used to. It's exciting though. I could do it with a tour of the office. <laughs> Have a VR, dude. You're a VR company, man. Ask for a VR tour of the, <laughs> the office, man. Why is this not part of the onboarding process? That's a good idea. I'm going to pitch that and take all the credit for it. Yeah, well, well I mean, we've got it recorded right now. So. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're late to the party. But it's it's nice to know you've played your hand already. So, <laughs> so something I want to ask is um, having both secured a job which is a a pretty big step. What were kind of um, some tips or or what kind of things do you think you did that perhaps gave you more success than um, other people? Because obviously it's a super competitive industry. Loads of people apply for every job. What kind of put you, set you apart from your competition that kind of helped you land that job? Who wants to go first? You want to go, Ray? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. I feel like I keep going first, but I'll 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 talk but slightly. But that's the less. way it um, is, man. Where you got to deal with it? South Africa first. <laughs> uh, I think the number one thing is feedback, criticism, and talking to people. The thing that improved me the most, I'm I'm sure everyone says this every single week, but the the number one thing that improved me was joining a Discord. You know. Um, getting feedback, posting your work, let people talk to you about it because everyone has their own personal quality bubble. It doesn't matter what level you're at. If you've been in this industry for like 70 years, you're like an old man with a cane and you're doing art. Like when you start making something, you have an idea in your head of how good it looks and you get it to a certain level and then you share it with someone else and they instantly see all the flaws. And that is the most valuable part of the artistic process, in my opinion, is criticism. Um, and, and talking to people makes a huge, huge difference. Just just having a chat with people that, you know, because everyone knows different things. Everyone has something to, to teach you. You can get feedback from everyone. And it's also very important to get feedback from people that don't understand 3D art. Um, I would always ask my mom or my partner, 
about this because they would, you know, it, as an artist, you kind of understand in your head a little bit what is difficult to do and what's easy to do. And sometimes subconsciously, I find myself doing this, you know, you give feedback to someone and you try, you, you'll just avoid something that you know is like a huge pain to do. Whereas I find when I ask my mom, she's like, oh yeah, have you tried, I don't know, spending another like six hours making one change sort of thing. And you get these ideas that you never would have thought of. Um, number one trick to, to landing a job is is criticism and feedback. Get in a go join the EXP Discord. Um, available now. <laughs> Link in the description. <laughs> and the nearest internet provider. <laughs> Link in the description. Um, yeah, like just get in there, talk to people, ask questions. You know, um, I might think a brick wall looks great. I show it to Kenji. Kenji tells me it's the worst brick wall he's ever seen. Try this, this, Come and on, this. Kenji. And all of a sudden, Kenji, man, you have to be sorry. Notorious for telling people that, that, that brick walls look terrible. <laughs> you will you will always end up with a better product. No one has ever asked for feedback and ended up with something worse. It's never happened. So that that raises a, a good point though. Obviously asking for feedback is just one step. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a learning procedure of how to take that feedback on board and, and work on it, right? You have to know what feedback to listen to and what feedback to not ignore, but you need to understand how to interpret it to your scene. Everyone likes something different. Um I'm a big fan of of like strong god rays. I love the look. Um, other people <laughs> might think they they don't look so good, right? Or it just might not be their preference. So, if you have this idea for a scene, you're like, oh, it's real purple, and there's like this big pink light. Um, don't do that. That's bad color composition. Um, you know, and then you show that to someone, and they say, hey, I think your light should be green. It's like, well, that defeats the purpose of the scene. That's not the look you're going for. Um, but you need to understand where those criticisms are coming from. So while mm-hmm. they might want you to change the lighting in the whole scene, is the reason for that, that that they hate you? No. Is the reason for that that the lighting looks a bit weird? Yeah, probably. It's not to say that you should change everything to, to be exactly what someone has asked you to do, but you need to try and understand maybe where those criticisms have come from and how to, to spin that into something that's a bit more useful to you. I hope that makes at least a, some semblance of sense. Makes sense to me. Hopefully, whoever's listening it makes sense to them as well. That's yeah, important part. Yeah, I guess that could be quite intimidating for a lot of people who are learning or, or kind of students who um, they might not necessarily be that confident in their work and they're putting it out and they're worried that people are going to rip it shreds. It's um, very easy to take offense to things like that. Um, it's super super easy because it's it's you know that's your blood sweat and tears right there you could have been working on something for like 100 150 200 hours of work could have gone into a scene and you show someone and they just rip it apart um and that can be quite demotivating if you if you kind of are not used to that um some people are better at giving criticism than others i guess um but that that's definitely a big part of it i think is just understanding where that criticism comes from understand why someone feels a certain way um it's very rare in, in good communities, you know, again, brick walls are an easy example because everyone's made one. Um, it's very easy to say, hey, man, that wall, it looks bad. Like, that's not that's not useful feedback. You know, as an artist, there's not much you can take from that. Um, what most people tend to do is they're like, hey, I think you can improve by doing X or by doing Y. And people tend to provide images and things like that. And that's where you, you tend to kind of level up the most and get the most experience just from learning from things like that. Um, but again, it's very important to understand that like feedback, people are trying to help you. They're not trying to tell you your work is bad. They're trying to push it to the next level and make it even better. Everyone is trying to help everyone. 
And haven't you found yourself, you know, just giving feedback to someone else and learning through the process of giving feedback to someone else because you are trying to be analytic through the work of other, another person? And it's like, okay, I think this is looking off because, mm, as you said, like maybe the the ray guts are like really strong, and you're trying to explain that person why they are looking off, and you you have to you know like land your your critic your your critics you know like to to a safe port and not getting that other person into a defensive mode and as well you are like improving your uh, social skills or communicating communicating skills or you are just you're like developing your your um, critical eye yeah i think um the word like you brought up the word defensive there i think that's really important uh, it is a. I think it's a, a bad trait for an artist to get defensive about something. I'm guilty of this. I'm sure a lot of other people are guilty of doing this in the past. Um, you know, it's it's so easy to take something personally. Uh, when you criticize someone else's work, it's important not to put them in a defensive stance, like you said, Kenji. Um, but it's also important for you not to take stuff personally and get defensive about it. It's a really like that. That trait will only get worse in life. You know, <laughs> it's it's never going to work out well for you to get super defensive about something you've done. People are yeah, exactly. again. People are only trying to help. Yeah, you you have to just go open-minded. Just see what's going on. Why people are saying this, as as you were saying, being you know like trying to discard like the opinions that are you know like improving your work less, and just grabbing the best ideas you think that may work. Uh, you know, on top of your work, mm-hmm. and and you won't you know like be going out empty-handed, ever. Yeah. Definitely. I think um, a, a, like a, a big tip I would give that I, I learned very quickly um, to, to improve yourself and especially to try and land your first job and get your quality bar up there is don't don't work constantly. You know, don't don't work on your portfolio 24-7. Um, I said it earlier, like it's very bad for you. Don't do that. Two hours of pure focus and you just bashing out some really good art is always going to be better than 14 hours of you forcing yourself to do something. Uh, you know, set yourself small goals for what you're going to do for the day, the week, whatever, um, and just do that and, and take your time with it. You know, and if you need to relax, if you need to take a break, there is literally nothing wrong with that. Yeah, first of all, for me, my tips will be like, first of all, like self-awareness. Probably you're in a point that you suck. You suck like a lot. And it is fine. You you are learning. You you are still improving. There is always room for for improving. I mean, even me right now, landing a job doesn't mean that you are, you know, like in the highest peak in your career. No, that, that means that you are, good enough for being in a production but doesn't mean that you are like understanding you know rock star or whatever so it is good when you are you know learning uh, comparing yourself when you are opening our station and just not getting discouraged because you are looking at other people creating amazing or environment or concept art or characters or whatever and that is only reflecting that there is some gap between you and them, and the only gap, the well, the gap you fill it, you filled it up, just through like work and a better understanding of what you are doing. So, for me, when I was doing my my portfolio, I, well, the demo reel in in particular, something that helped me out to you know like uh, land the 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 first job was like being really constant and having a good planification of what what I was doing. And I was like 
only only one month um, off of the 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 first deadline I I I put on onto myself because it, okay I think this is gonna be the time that it's gonna take me so I think for after eight months I will have something that is showable and it only took me another month more for just tweaking and calibrating stuff and going all you know like through through all all the feedback I for, for example in experience points gave me a lot of people concerning uh, to materials to lighting to composition and I was just asking every single uh, uh, human on earth just trying to get everything like done properly and obviously certain changes as, as you were saying they, they were like just undoable because it's like I, I cannot invest more time doing this because at first you are kind of burnt of you know or sake of your own project a little bit you want to just ship it and something is better to hold your horses for a bit and okay just let's you know like wrap this up properly because sometimes a lot of people they are doing an amazing job an amazing job just modeling or texturing something and just because they just put like four lights and like really awful you know like a a camera shots for you know like presenting their their, their own work then they are not just you know like doing a a good job at it because it's like you are you are selling yourself like pretty bad if you are just running that fast when you are presenting your job you are presenting your product and you want to get a job with that if it's more important if you have a job and you're presenting your your stuff like really wrongly okay it's okay you're not good at that but you already have a job and yeah and as well you know like this is not a race from getting from A to B. Yes, you know, like it's better being slow and steady than fast and and neglecting yourself just because you want to work only on your portfolio. It's, it's important to, to take breaks. If you have to go on holidays because it's summer or whatever or just going with <laughs> your partner elsewhere, please do it. Otherwise, you're, you're going to, be you know like jumping in a loop of depression or or just like feeling bad with, with yourself and feeling guilty because you're not working and that's something that you don't want to be uh, in it because it's like really bad and for some of me every time I, i'm just you know like feeling really stressed uh, i just keep distance from the computer and i i'm just trying to do something else it can be even Two, two hours of break or whatever from the computer and maybe that's enough maybe sometimes it's a week totally totally understandable so just be steady and have a clear picture of what do you want to do and what do you have to do because it's gonna it's gonna yeah it's gonna allow you to perform a better job for example, when I'm working, I'm just taking, I don't know, like a sprint of two hours, uh, five minutes uh, I, of, you know, like doing nothing, just thinking, okay, in the following two hours, I have to do this another task. And I, I, I find myself, you know, achieving doing that in those hours. Because if I'm trying to work those four hours straight, I will find myself, you know, like a moving vertex here and there, and it's like, uh, and rotating the, the the model here and there, and just doing practically nothing. 
or just you know I'm moving a, a, a stupid slider or in, in painter it's like okay yeah cool but you're not doing practically nothing <laughs> i'm yeah i'm guilty of that a lot uh, I, I tend to just like it once i lose focus i'm just kind of sit there dragging a slider like left and right or something that's that's incredibly good advice though i, I definitely agree with that it's it's so important to, to take a break if there's a new game out you really want to play it go play it because you're not going to get any work done if you just sit there thinking about like spider-man or something you know no one you, you know if you're trying to make a real cool brick wall and all you can think about is spider-man you're not going to get anywhere just go go play a game relax a bit you know and your brain will naturally fall back onto onto your personal work or or, or even your your work work you know if it's a weekend or something your your brain will naturally go back to it and you'll start having ideas of how you can improve things or how you can do things differently and i i find like even at work my mornings are my most productive times you know it's it's when I have the most uh, the most like energy and I can just I, I probably do like seventy five percent of a day's work between uh, I start really early because I'm a crazy person but you know between like seven thirty and one o'clock or something like that and I tend to get a lot less done between between like two and four you know I'm like the complete opposite in that I do all of my work <laughs> after five p.m. <laughs> I... I don't know where I am. I'm just always working. I don't know where I'm most productive. I think it's the morning. Yeah, for me, morning. for me, the morning is the best. It's the best moment of the day. And if I'm just a little bit drowsy or whatever, I just fill myself up with coffee and, and full ahead. So, what about moving country? Because obviously, Kenji, you moved from you said Canada and raised from South Africa, so. What about people that are kind of on the edge of moving country for a job? Like maybe they've got an interview and they're still not sold on it, but like it's a it's a great company, it's a great opportunity. They're just scared to take that that leap. Like, do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, I mean, I think you just said that. For example, I I was doing an artist, for example, for going to Czech Republic, and I don't have anything against Czech Republic. It's beautiful. But uh, I wasn't feeling like investing my time, you know, learning a new language or whatever, even if the company was amazing. And, and then I was you know, like doing even interviews with, with Japan. And I, I was just totally open to, to move out to any other country, even if it was in Canada. It was the, the primary objective of you know, going to Canada to study. But yeah, I, I had to, to change my plans. Uh, what I wanted to do is like to work. And I didn't mind, you know, like doing that in Canada, Czech Republic, Japan, maybe back in Spain. And as soon as I just, you know, like um, gave up in, in Canada after like 11 interviews over there and everything, you know, like uh, went south with the, the visa stuff. That is something that people should be aware of before, you know, trying to go to another country. Check that. Uh, first company I, I wanted to join here in, in, in UK was Rebellion. And I sent my, my CV, like, in a Monday. On Thursday, I had the, 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 the reply. And fast. on Monday, I was doing the, the, the interview. And that very same, no, after a week, they just send me over the the contract to to be signed. That's so, really cool. They move pretty quick. Yeah, they move fast. Very man. quick. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Was it that fast? Or? Um. So I'm a I'm a 
I'm I'm quite different in this sense. I mean, I, I have been in the UK for like five, maybe six years now. Um, mm. But the the I would say if you have an opportunity to to do your dream job, I just go for it. You know, it's if you if it's a place you can stand living, go for it. It you will have the time of your life. If someone said to me right now, uh, "Oh, hey man, come work at uh, you know, I don't know, fun fun company." in in canada or like in north america anywhere there you know or like hey come work for our, our cool company in scotland we're making this game i would jump at the opportunity you know any day of the week i would jump at the opportunity as long as you are you know still still relatively young enough to take that risk easily go for it um you know one of the things that i was so scared of because i, I left a, i left a full-time job you know um one of the things i was really scared of was like oh man am i gonna be able to, to pay my rent and this and that and it's like it's a job. You're good at it. You know they they have a, they've approached you or they've looked at your application. They have decided that you're skilled enough to do the job. So go for it. You know, jump at the opportunity because it's it's like nothing else. There is no other industry like this. Yeah, and that's something that everyone should keep present. You know, in in, in their minds that it's like, if I'm getting interviews, I'm in the correct path. It's like uh, if you are not getting that job even after doing the the interview or whatever. Because an interview doesn't assure anything, but someone uh, paid attention to, to your artwork. Uh, they 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 thought that you are like someone that got, uh, that could fit into their company. So if a company always saw that on you, you should keep going on and don't just rely on what you have already in, in, in art station. Maybe just doing smaller pieces. You don't have to go like to a massive environment or whatever, just do it. small stuff. So you keep going on and, you know, like doing your work, uh, establishing a little bit of networking and approach to 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 recruiters. For example, I, what, what I, yeah, why I got so many interviews in, in Canada, because after sending my my application on, on their website, I was just straightforward to the, I was going straight forward to the recruiters or uh, HR team uh, in that company, and I was poking them. It's like, hey, man, uh, or uh, hey, uh, whoever it was, I just sent uh, my, my CV to your to your company, and I'm doing as well this another thing, but I haven't I haven't posted yet in in my art station. So they were already, you know, like intrigued. Oh, okay, yes, send me your stuff here to my personal email. And they, they, they were checking on, on my artwork. And that granted me like 11, you know, like interviews over there. So don't just rely on sending stuff uh, over internet or, you know, the, like normal uh, vias of, of, of application. Just go to the recruiters or HR teams. Uh, they, they are working as well. They, they are not like, hey, man, uh, why are you talking to me? No, it's like, you want to work with us? Okay, yeah, let's take a look. Uh, what do you have to offer? We're a company. We are, you know, like paying you for your services, for your for your work, your potential. So keep always that on mind as well. Yeah, I think it's also like that's that's good advice, Kenji. Is just apply, apply to places. You know, especially given the the current global climate, uh, like companies are now more than ever in a in a real position to hire people for remote roles. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you're making kick-ass art and you you apply somewhere and they want you, they they're gonna pick you up. You know, 
some companies will fly people out from across the world to eat just for interviews. It, it happens. Maybe not so much at a junior level, but I mean, if you if you're an amazing artist, it, like it will happen, you know. And even if they just want you to work remotely, that's experience that you have under your belt. Just uh, apply to places. Yeah, totally. I think that's really uh, really useful and solid advice, and hopefully our listeners have got a lot from that. Um, I'm going to move us on to a couple of Patreon questions now. Mm-hmm. So are you guys ready to answer some questions? Always. I can't ask her about this. So the first question from Sean um, is asking, so he's a freelancer, but he wants to know about um, how how it was transitioning from kind of working um, on your own um, at your comfy home desk to being in a workspace with other devs. Um, how did that feel? Did you feel like you're working too slow um, or how did that affect your schedule? So I think we're going to get two pretty different answers here because you've got both got quite different experiences with this. Yeah, indeed. Kenji, you want to answer first? The yeah, yeah, let's get Kenji ask. to start off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, 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 example, for me, it, it was, you know, like uh, working, I don't know, like, Something that you shouldn't be doing, never, like working 15 hours straight every single day till you get the job, no, don't do that because you're going to melt down. So for me, it was like, okay, from working alone at home and finally, you know, like surrounded about amazing artists just trying to do something together. It is just inspiring. You, you are just, you know, like surrounded about many other people that are more skilled than you. And you are gonna uh, nurture from from their from their skills, from their knowledge. And you're just getting better at any day, and you're gonna find yourself in no time. You know, like doing the same stuff that they are doing, and improving your artwork, your times, your everything. And you're not gonna be, you know, like losing your time in like not even five minutes because you're just looking around. Everyone is doing their job, and you're super happy of being there. And I don't know. If, if you compare this to work at home, at home you can just open Discord, you can open Telegram, you can do you not know, just I don't know neglecting a little bit yourself, you know, like losing the the the, the focus of, uh, of of attention that you should be doing this and you are not doing doing that, and that's why I was working 15 hours a, a day because probably I was working eight of them and the another seven was just you know like looking at the another screen and just, you know, like losing my time doing whatever I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I kind of, I kind of agree a lot with Kenji there. I think the, the, the biggest thing for me transition wise, I can't say from a freelance perspective, but transition wise was just having an actual schedule, having a time frame. Uh, like I said earlier with personal art, if I have to produce, you know, X prop, um, I can just do it whenever I can take as much time as I want. If it takes me an hour, it takes me an hour. If it takes 10, it takes 10 um, in a studio you need to be more efficient than that. Uh, oftentimes you will be given a task, whether it's for the day, for the week, the month, um, you know, you might have a list of tasks you need to get through. Everywhere is a bit different, um, but you will very often be given a time frame for that. So I know in the morning, like, okay, I have to achieve this today. Um, and I've brought that into my personal work now because it's it's made me, uh, like I said, a lot more efficient. That's one of the big things. I think if you work freelance, you already have that in a sense. Um, maybe deadlines are a bit tighter in production. I don't know. I couldn't say for sure. Um, I, I haven't worked um, a lot of freelance, so I, I couldn't 
kind of answer directly to that with the differences. But I think I think number one is is just schedules and, and timelines. It's the biggest difference for me. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that hopefully will answer Sean's question. I think so. Um, and next question. So Nicholas is asking, um, for those of us looking to break into our first position, uh, we hear a lot about showing the fundamentals on the portfolio and that quality is greater than quantity. Are there any specific learning materials um, that you guys used or looked at uh, when working on your portfolio and, and trying to get that first position that were in particular more helpful? So anything that's that's maybe less common or um, anything that you found like super duper useful? Um, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in here. Message people on ArtStation. Like, dude, everyone responds. It's crazy. If you see like a really sick tree and you want to learn how to make sick trees, send them a message. Nine times out of 10, they'll respond. That's how I've learned the most. Just ask people about their scenes. You know, if someone someone posts art and they make a cool monkey and you're like, oh, I want to make a monkey, just ask them. You know, <laughs> they'll tell you. No one, no one's keeping secrets from each other. Just ask more questions. This is that, that's very true. It's something I, uh, I've made like several times, and in, in, indeed nowadays I'm still doing it. Maybe not in our station, but maybe in in Discord. It's like, oh shit, I, I need lighting advice. So I, I'm just poking here and here and there. You know, like several lighting artists is like, yo man, you have to teach me how to do this. Uh, like, what else you need? Maybe. I will tell you just to focus in your uh, strong, strongest, you know, like skill set. And if you want to, you know, like leverage a little bit more with another, I don't know, like if you don't know anything about technical art, maybe having a, a glimpse of what you can do or just do a couple of stuff with it. And I don't know, like trim sheets is always that many people think that it is mandatory. It is not, but it is adding on top. Uh, yeah, I, I think nothing is, you know, like resting. is It's always adding. So first is just getting a, a decent or outstanding base of how to do like the most basic stuff to the best level you, you can. And then just start, you know, like uh, putting on top of it uh, and another, another thing is that you may, you know, like think that they could improve your your final, you know, like result to your 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 output. Okay. Um, do we have any bonus question from the WAM for this week? <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking. Um, I want you guys to tell me if there was like a, an art station piece that you saw from someone that really sort of made you, I don't know, really inspired to finish some artwork or really, um, I guess, made you change something about your workflow that it's really made your work much better? Like, has there been, like, someone's art piece that has done that for you guys? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I think uh, probably, well, the guys in this room, you all, you all know know him. That is uh, Alec Tucker yeah. from Epic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his piece for a uh, cyberpunk challenge it's uh, something that it blew up oh, it, it blew up my mind it's like incredible so what happened uh, what i was doing uh, i uh, i was feeling a little bit discouraged about it and as well 
certain personal stuff happened and I just stopped doing that challenge. Uh, I think it was like a couple of days ago. I, I was just checking on his artwork again. It's like, okay, yeah, I have to finish the, the challenge someday. So I have already plans for, for my for my environment and it's particularly removing everything I, I've, I've made and starting it not from the scratch, but changing a lot of guidelines that I, I already had before and creating something new and better and yeah and just you know like being totally inspired uh, about uh, his artwork indeed that's something that you were saying before ryan like poke people if you want to know how to do something i did this with with alex so right now i know how to do it nice how about um, you ray I think, uh, can I have three answers to this question? Nope, just one, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, I think it's it's not a piece then, it's a person. Um, and I mean that. I, I Like, Alex Beddoes is, uh, is an incredible dude, and I, I fully believe that I would not be where I am right now. I would not have the job I have right now if it wasn't for him. Um, his his series on, on like, ArtStation, about getting into the industry and, and knowing how to take care of yourself and things like that, uh, made a huge change to me. Seeing his work, because uh, the guy's got a crazy work, work ethic. I don't know how he gets so much done, but um, he was easily my number one inspiration, and, and talking with him is one of the things that got me into this industry. Nice. That's my bonus you've, question done. You've both picked people that we've previously had on the podcast as well. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone well, is I mean, interested, they're, they're in rock stars. I mean, yeah, for example, like Luan, <laughs> Luan is uh, down the line for another project I have on mind that is going to be a little bit more sci-fi, which I didn't have. Uh, I, I don't have any piece of you know like hard to face or anything like that. So I will be you know like bugging him around till he answers. I'll have switched to fantasy at that point, so I've forgotten everything about sci-fi. <laughs> You'd be making Luan will be good pixel art yep, when that time comes. of knowledge. Luan's fantasy alleyways. Fantasy um, alleyways. It's got a good ring to it. <laughs> We're onto something. All right. Well, I think that about covers everything for today. So hopefully. We've got a load of great information out there for anyone who's either looking to break into the industry or um, is kind of studying or building up their portfolio about what it's like to kind of get that first job. Um, thank you very much to my guests for joining us, Ray and Kenji, and thank you to uh, Kem and Luan for being here and helping me host. Anytime. Thanks, if guys. If you want to learn more about EXP, Head on over to the website, read some of the articles, or come and join us on Discord. Come share your work and chat to the to the great community. Look forward to you joining us again for our next episode. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Add that to the.